When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Woman podcast. I'm going to say that again. Ask woman instead of ask woman because Kristen is again not here. She is in New York. She's being famous and doing awesome comedy shows because she's freaking cool. Uh, so it's just me. And I have a wonderful guest for you today. Like, I don't even want to have the chit chat because there's nobody to really talk to in this room. So there's no point in it. But um, I have an amazing guest on the phone with me. Somebody that I've done several interviews for my website, wingirlmethod.com. Um, I've never had him on this podcast, but he is a relationship expert. And I don't get scared by me saying relationship expert because we're going to be talking about um, a topic that you can utilize even if you're not in a relationship right now. It's it's for uh, all men. So don't don't like let that word scare you away. But I have Bob Grant on the phone with me right now. So hey, Bob. Hey, Marnie. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being on the show. So I gave you a little bit of a prep before uh, we had our phone call so that you can prepare information. Um, but I had said to you, and so, oh, I forgot, you have bronchitis, so uh, sorry for that. That sucks. But if you do have to, like, you know, cough, like, <laughs> cough away from, from the microphone, but totally fine. And just so that people understand that that's what's going on for you. But it's awesome that you came on this call even though you have bronchitis. Um, but I would not have missed it for the world. Perfect. I love hearing that. So I, I had said to you that I wanted to discuss women's emotions okay and I know that that's a tough topic to cover a tough topic to explain to men but I knew that you were the right person to have on the show to discuss this topic in a way that men can understand Um, because this topic has been coming up continuously for me uh, through talking to a lot of my female friends who are in relationships and they're frustrated with their husbands not being under, able to understand their emotions. It's also come up uh, through some of my friends who are single and the guys that they are interacting with and dating at the very beginning process of dating are not understanding their emotions. It's also come up for my sister who recently quit her job because her boss couldn't respect her emotions while working and help nurture her a little bit, which had her continuously feel um, unheard, unhelped, unsupported at work. So, so, so emotions pop up in every area for women. And I wanted to have you on the show today to try and give men a little bit of insight to understand what emotions are for women and how men can deal with them. Okay. And you're right. That is a awfully broad topic. Yeah. <laughs> so let me let me ask you to guide me a little bit because I thought about this. You're obviously hearing something from the men you're talking with. You're, you're hearing patterns. You gave examples there. And I was thinking about a lot of the myths, but 
but what are some of the things that men, from a frustration standpoint, is it a, I know there's aspects of dating and marriage, is, so I know sort of which one to zero in on. Is it the, when it comes to conflict or is it when it comes to early on the relationship, we can cover all of those, but okay. I want to make sure that before we're done, what you're hearing, we're addressing that first. Okay. Well, let me, me let, idea? let me give you the example of my sister, because I think that, I think that men, if you are in the workspace, most men have to interact with women, have to work with women. Uh, and, and a little bit of insight that we can share can help them understand the experience or unexperienced for women. So my sister, um, has or had a very demanding job. She worked in experiential marketing um, where she, you know, never really had a weekend for herself. She was overworked, loved her job, and was happy to work on weekends. Um, but recently, after working there for five years, she got a new boss that was a man and that would be unresponsive to her feeling drained or frustrated, um, or unappreciated. And she would go into him and express to him that, you know, right now I just, I don't feel supported at work. I don't feel, um, even just using that word, I don't feel, you know, for him, it didn't Mm -hmm. really mean anything. And she would go and say, I feel really drained right now. I feel unsupported. Um, and really just go in and vent to him about her frustrations. And he would look at her and say, oh, well, you know, that sucks. Um, try doing blah, 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 blah. And then would dismiss her afterwards. So my sister would, would walk out of the room actually feeling more drained by that because she she didn't have – that little uh, emotional hug that she was actually seeking mm-hmm. during that time. So, and and I can understand it as a woman. I I even have trouble explaining it to men. What's what what would be needed in that moment to help a woman out so that she can feel uplifted and more powerful? I don't know. I'm I'm even having a tough time explaining it, and that's that's why I brought <laughs> sure. you on the show so you can explain it sure. better. So how about we – well, let's do a translation with that, okay. with what you just said, especially as we're talking to men. So what is a woman doing when she says, I feel, in, okay. in that particular thing? So what she's saying is that she doesn't know exactly what's wrong. I mean, she's got an idea. She doesn't exactly know what the solution is. You know, for, for women, doing stuff together as a team where I don't feel alone is one of the, the, one of the biggest things emotionally for them. Right. I mean, fixing the problem is great, making it go away, but I don't even totally know what the problem is. Now, for, for most men, and this is, I think, the role her boss got into from a task mentality, it's see the problem, fix the problem. You know, men tend to turn things into math, or they turn, that, turn it into something you can hammer a nail in, something you can fix, duct tape. Men love right. duct tape for that reason. And so when they hear that, they, what can I duct tape, what can I hammer, what, what pro- math problem can I fix? Which is a place for that. When a woman says, I feel, what she's really wanting is for you to sit and listen with her and help her and not help her fix it. And so you and I have talked about this in other forums. One of my magical phrases I try to teach every man, it, women, it works for women too, but especially men, is when a woman does it, she says it, you say, tell me more. Which and I love. what that does is it helps her sort out. Yeah, you know, what, what, what she's... Now, again, this is not a – you don't have to do this for hours and hours. But like, even in a work situation like that, if I've got a valuable employee and there are – I've got people that work for me that are women, and I know this is part of it, that they're not just a 
a cog. They're not just a computer program. Is that they're an asset. So once I get them trained, I they, they help me make money. They're great with customers. I don't want to lose them. Right. So that's part of what goes with. They're frustrated. I want them to be as precise as they can. But if they're stuck, tell me more means you don't have to get it perfect. I accept you what it is that I'm safe because they're embarrassed. You know, I, I'm, I'm a professional. I should know how to do this. And just what you did at the end is a great example. You, know, you do this all the time, and I'm still not explaining it right. That's perfect example as to what they're feeling. Okay. And so when I get to tell more, usually, guys, as you get them to talk more, you know, what they're doing is they're kind of thinking out loud, and some of the stuff that doesn't matter falls off, and that you start to hone in on what's really bothering them, and you don't necessarily have to figure it out. It, it really is about just getting out of the way. I, I know the fear is you're going to be stuck there for four hours. Right. My promise to you is that it won't last that long. And if you have to go or something, it's okay to say, you know, this is too important to try to solve right now. You know, and you come up with a time later, and I do this in a work setting too. This is too big a deal now. Let's do it later. And there are circumstances. A woman's going through divorce, just had a child. There are circumstances where that would be appropriate in the work setting to right. bring it up later because it's not going to be a weekly problem. Okay. So, so and, and if he does that, usually if we do that initially, it's the feeling of, you know, you don't have to make perfect sense for me to accept you. I'm trying. She wants to see that you're trying. And the irony is I learned this, you know, I'm, a, I'm trained as a therapist. I get to say that. But one of the things they taught us was is that when you're talking with somebody, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be kind of close. You know, if you're kind of close, the person will fill in the gaps. And I promise you guys, women will fill in the gaps. And as you do that, you're now the one that they go to. This, from a, this, believe it or not, from a romantic standpoint, you get major points with this. And I want to emphasize the word major. You're the man they come to. That This makes her say yes more often, gives all kinds of benefits. Does, it, does, this, so, uh, does this work the same for men who are in a beginning of dating scenario? Because I, I, I know a lot of the guys who listen to the show are very afraid to, to fall into the friend zone. So can this still work if – you know, people haven't been intimate with each other yet? Yes, and let's yeah, – the short answer is yes. And for every man afraid of falling into – can I go off what you just said? Because that's yeah, a great point you did. Okay. Guys, do not fear the friend zone. I know you don't want it. What you should fear is trying to pull her out of the friend zone. There's a big difference. Okay. Trying to convince her, you know, the friend zone – well, our goal is just get close. Just, we're not talking about begging, please. Get close. Because what she wants to see is, do you really like her, even if she's feeling like you're a friend, or whether she's just really hot for you? Do you like her for who she is? Because it may fluctuate early on. The truth is, she doesn't know most of the time early on. She's still evaluating. You know, but she may not know. Nice. So in, in using this, what it does, it comes across that you care. And, and what this also does, it requires a little bit of work. I mean, if it's just someone, she's pretty... And that's about all she is, and I don't want to have anything to do with her but take her to a party or sleep with her. You're not going to want to do this, and that's probably a good thing for her right. if she wants a relationship. But all you're showing with this is that you care. And, and again, if she's opening up to you with this, I, don't worry about a friend. That You've got a chance. If she's doing this, this is a great sign. And I, Martin, I'll ask you as a woman. Yeah. You, if you open up to a man early on, I'm assuming he's got a chance. But, but I'm, I'm asking. 
Well, it, it depends for every single scenario. But yeah, if I'm if I've just started dating somebody and I am opening up. I don't know. Sometimes it depends. It depends on what where we are in that relationship. If we haven't been intimate yet, um, if there's little touching going on, but we're hanging out, and suddenly I'm becoming frazzled in front of a guy that I've kind of been hanging out with, most likely I'm not into him at that point because I'm comfortable enough to show that side of me without being scared that I could lose his admiration of me. Mm-hmm. But if we've been dating for a few months and I do start to get anxious around him or I get a little bit frazzled and I am showing that side to him but still trying to kind of cover it up um, and I'm not, you know, spewing out what's really going on with me, then I'm probably into him at that point and if he were to say to me you know behind the words of tell me more which is what you were saying is Mm -hmm. you can say anything to me I'm not going to run away because you are nervous or because you're fearful or because of whatever whatever is you're experiencing right now you acting that way isn't going to scare me away that even in my own relationship now in my marriage that fear still kind of bites me in the ass and I have to fight against that natural reaction that if I say this to you or if I act a certain way, you're not going to be into me or you're not going to want to be with me. And so there's this inner battle going on with me that looks in my mind probably looks horrible to the man that I actually really want to impress and seem totally calm, cool, and confident in, in front of. And I, it, it, it bites me in the ass in the way that it doesn't come across the way that I would like it to because either I'm holding back information or I'm being tense or I'm being short, which is actually behavior that could potentially drive him away as opposed to whatever it is that I'm holding back on. So, so can I, I'm going to ask permission to use what you just did. Yeah, I of course. That was a great example for the listeners. So for every guy listening, hear how in-depth that she went. It's very transparent, makes perfect sense. There's no way you're going to be able to follow that thought process and think like that. <laughs> every guy just tuned to. out for the past three minutes. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> but, but, see, but, it was, but it was sincere, and it was but see, trying to follow that. So, guys, if we think in terms of simple, like, you know, red, green, stop, go signals, is that, you know, what she's saying is, is that, no, I can't tell you, you know, that I'm all the way there. But what she's also saying is she's not saying no. And see, well, our view is until she says no, like if you have a chance. And see, that's the attitude we want. It's, but see, it's not a guarantee. Right. She can't give it to you. She's not there yet. And so, so if she's opening up and sharing like that, you hear the vulnerability, you hear the, oh, I know this feels awkward and stuff. It takes multiple times of those to have an impact on her you know i'd love to be one great line that does it that doesn't work well with women but as you do that repeatedly see that's what actually it isn't just about being safe it's also your strength there's there's a lot of things that this this touches and even she mentioned like with with her marriage you know because this you know she's counting on this for the you know the rest of her marriage rest of her life and so you don't have to follow all that she said but notice the transparency it's it's not that she totally knows and that's what some guys, I think, will get frustrated with, you know, just, 
Um, like, just gosh, spit it out already. You know, what's going on? You know, like that, I'm, yeah, I'm just, sure that that's and, what the frustration and, is. Yes, and, and we go, and she can't. And that's, but she, you know, this is what makes it easier for her because in, in doing that, all of a sudden, you know, because now I get to say to her, um, I'm sure it feels weird. I don't think that's that weird. Uh, I don't think that's that strange. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's frustrating and aggravating at times. And because, you know, she doesn't always know. Because Remember, for a woman, everything is mixed, feelings and thinking, or almost all the time. And it's not a deficit. It's just, it's like there's like sauce over everything. And so things tend to have more significance. She notices more things. She feels more things. And it's not something she can just cut off. Right. Well, you and talked about that, having this like buzzing bee inside your head. Oh, did you like that one? Yeah, I did. I did like that metaphor because it, 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 I, 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 this isn't even about relationships. This is about um, just a day-to-day life in, all, in a lot of interactions where there are things buzzing around in my head. And it does feel like a bee is inside of my head until I'm able to like spit that bee out. Like the, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop. And so sometimes women and myself included do require help from somebody else to get that bee to stop buzzing. Yes. And, and with that, and there's a quote, again, politics aside, but I remember Donald Trump years ago said, um, that I, you know, there's high maintenance, low maintenance. I want a woman with no maintenance. Well, apparently he's sticking with this marriage. So apparently he's learned that, that there's no such thing as a woman with no maintenance that you have any passion or connection with. I mean, that's right. a mannequin. That, that's, so I want someone no maintenance. No, you really don't want that. You, you, you really don't. You'll be bored to tears. I mean, that's, that's a painful relationship going down that path. What you really want is, is someone that feels stuff and that you get along with and the, the price with that is that those same emotions, just what you said, at times will overwhelm you. But that's what a woman's supposed to do. That now, now the, the trick with that is, is that if it's too much, you know, it's okay to say I'm a bit overwhelmed. Can we talk about it later? Let's go back to the thing. Well, I know, Marty, you and I mentioned. Of, yeah. You have to give her a time later. You, you, you can't just say whenever. Right. And you this is have, again, this to, is in the workspace and in a relationship, or even yeah, this, with your sister or your general. mother, women in general. Yes, this women in general. Because, see, from a woman's standpoint, says, this bothers me. I feel it. It may be a big deal or not a big deal. Women do not have the ability to compartmentalize. That means to like, take a feeling, put it in a drawer, and shove it away like men do. Biologically, they're not wired that way. And they're never going to get that way like a man can. Just totally different brain chemistry. And so it, she has to talk it out, just what you said, for it to go away. Not with everything. Right. And as she does this with you more and more, what you'll find is there's less of a need. It starts to go down because right. she knows she can have your undivided attention if she really needs it. But especially early in a relationship, she doesn't know that. And that's her way of sort of testing if you guys are a good fit. You know, not that you listen to every word that she says, not that you know, you're a girlfriend, but that when she does that, that's not to be needy or clingy. In fact, most women are terrified of coming across as needy and clingy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, if you really want to be mean to her, call her that. that oh, my God, that, call her a nag? It's the worst thing in the world for women. Yes, that, that is. That, that's, that's worse than, I would argue, worse than cursing at times. That's yeah. just, um, especially professional women. I mean, that's just insulting. Yeah. So, well, so, t- so tell me about what happens if those needs, because I'm sure some guys are like, oh, that sounds so needy and so tiring and so bothersome. Yes, it probably is for you, but... 
it's the same thing, you know, in, in any work environment. You kind of have to learn the people that you're working with. And if you want to get along with them and you want to have smooth sailing and productivity, you sometimes do have to learn to appease the people that you work with or the people that you're dating so that you can move forward together and create something wonderful, whether it's a, a thriving business or a great relationship. But so can you tell guys what happens when those needs aren't met? Like, for example, my sister, right? So she continually, continuously went into her boss uh, to kind of vent and w- was really just looking for that supportive hug. And I know that sounds like for guys who are like, ugh, I don't want to hug people at work. That sounds like ridiculous. But that's what she was kind of looking for at that time. And he continuously did not give her that. And then she she quit because she mm-hmm. she felt drained. She wasn't excited for work. She felt unsupported. Can you, can you tell guys, like, what what happens for women if they don't get that response? from a man that they're, yeah, they're looking do, for. Let's do a comparison. That's a good one because, you know, everyone has sort of a core need. And like in your sister's instance, what happens inside is, again, varies a little bit person to person, is now I start to feel alone. I start to feel like I have to bear this by myself. And, you know, one of the things about, you know, like makes people feel crazy, like growing up in a family where you're, you know, where there's a lot of chaos and maybe abusive or alcoholic is that you feel like you're in a war zone and you've got no place to turn. That's what makes it so horrible. I mean, right. what happens is bad, but it, you have to face it by yourself. So this isn't to that level, but the principle is the same, is that if I don't feel like I've got anyone to help me, especially for a woman, now it isn't just underappreciated. It's I feel I don't belong. I feel I'm not cared for. You know, it, It's like a plant that you don't water. It starts to wither up, and that's not a weakness thing. Because that same person, that same woman, if I remember, if, if I treat them differently and I listen, she's, you know, I've, I've just hired someone here to answer the phones for us. She's wonderful. Now, do I have to listen to her more? Yes. When, when she has a thought, explain something, I get it about halfway through. But she likes to finish her thoughts. And is that inconvenience? Sure, for me it is. But for the way she talks with clients and customers, that is so worth it. Okay. That that takes me an extra 10 minutes on the phone, and I don't have to worry about customers or clients with her. Okay. Because if I take care of her, she'll take care of those people that I need her to take care of. Okay. So how do you, how do now, you deal with it? Sorry to interrupt you, so, but like so, how do you – because you, you just said, you're like, ugh, it is. It's annoying to have to deal with. But how – do you just bite your tongue, or do you now enjoy the process of listening, or are you like – you know, wishing her death every single time that she goes on and on and on? Well, no, with me, it's that I know, and, and there's sort of a limit. So if, if she's going to go on for an hour, mm-hmm. then I, it's my, see, that means once I get annoyed, it's my choice and my responsibility what to do. If I'm annoyed, that's not her fault. That's rule number one. Right. It's my fault if I'm annoyed that I need to do something. So then I decide, is it worth it? Well, is it worth it to interrupt her prior to her talking to an hour? That is. That's too, that doesn't work with my time scale. So it's, you know, I, I, uh, I would probably point out, I, I think I've got this. This is what I heard. You know, and I would sort of just reiterate to her, this is what I've heard. If something's bothering her, then uh, I would, if I don't have the time, I'll schedule another time with her. Okay. You know, this is, let's talk tomorrow or the next day, because I want to be able to get her, her undivided attention. If it's a pattern, if this is a pattern where someone, 
then something then I may have to decide it's not worth it. I right. mean, if I have to talk two or two hours every day, then I then you know after a couple of meetings, this I don't know this is a good fit. So it does, we ha- we have that option. Okay. And but and to your point, as far as annoyed, so I did that mainly for the guys. You know, is it the way I would talk to my buddy that's an engineer to fix one of the website problems? No, that's a quick conversation. He just wants the facts. So I can give that mindset. So is it different than the way? It is different, but that's not a bad thing. See, if I have a mindset of, oh, this is annoying whenever someone does that, I'm going to struggle with women. Right. I'm gonna, that, that, that's a bad habit to get into that if they don't do it my way, they're annoying. And, and with men do that, I'm like, you're going to struggle in relationships if you keep that mindset. It's different. And I actually choose to want that difference. Because sometimes when she talks on, you know, past I got the, she brings up something I hadn't thought of. I mean, there are benefits with it. And what I get from this, from a relationship standpoint, not, not with her, but relationship, if I do this, what she brings to me is so much more valuable than that extra two or three minutes she wants to talk. That that's a trade I'll make any time, and that's how when you're dealing with a woman, most most of the time, what you'll find is when you get that habit of, you know, um, it's not annoying if she talks on, and it's not so much biting your tongue. It's this is helpful to her, and this is going to it really is going to benefit you. Other thing, dating, um, business wise, and and one of the keys with especially interacting with women is the more you can practice. I know it's a little psychology appreciating the differences. You don't have to love them or feel natural. What you'll find is is they won't drive you nuts as much. And, and if they're really irritating you a lot, then if I'm talking with a man, I'm like, well, why is it women, this gets on your nerves so much? I don't, I don't know what all the issues is, but that's a concern I have with a guy. I mean, because women are supposed to, let me see if I say this right, it's supposed to be a little irritating at times simply because it's different. Right. I mean, I mean, part of that's mixed in. Right. No, and that, that can be with anybody that you interact with. Like that can yeah, be from woman to woman. It's different. Yeah. It's not how I would do it. But you're wonderful. You annoy me sometimes, but I can I can suck it up and I can listen. Yeah, and you know when I would do premarital a lot, one of the things if they came, couples came in and told me we get along perfect, you get along perfect. He never gets on your nerves. No, you shouldn't get married. Really? If they don't get on your nerves. Something's wrong. I mean, at least a little bit. Right. You're too familiar. You guys never disagree, which means you're afraid to have intimacy. Don't tell me they never get on your nerves. That's just weird. <laughs> that, that's not going to work at all. That's, that's bad. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, and hold on. Look at me. Hmm? I was going to say, hold on for a second. We're going to take a quick break because I, I want to talk more about this, about how it's interesting if you don't have arguments and you don't disagree. So stay on the phone with us, and we'll be back in a minute. You wouldn't think so, but sex toys have come a long way from that hard plastic vibrator that your grandma used. Hey, I'm sex toy educator and intimacy expert, Miyoko. Tune in to my show, Play With Me, to get the inside scoop of the newest sex toys on the market. Along with a panel of guests, we'll talk everything from the latest sex trends to the juiciest sex controversies. We're talking about sex in public. Do you consider yourself monogamous, or would you like to maybe consider having a relationship with multiple people? My boyfriend keeps bugging me because he wants to stick it in my butt. That's the type of conversation we're having today. So come play with me Tuesdays at noon Pacific Standard Time on PlayboyRadio.com. 
much Ask the Doc last week? Well, here's what you missed. I lie to people on airplanes, but I always tell the truth to the custom agents. Why? Because you have vibrators in your bag? Oh, no, I'll tell you why. Either, <laughs> either A, I have always. sex toys in my bag. B, I'm just, um, I have like uh, Jewish slash Italian Catholic guilt. Okay. And I'm like always. Double guilt. I have double guilt. And I'm always guilt like too. a little nervous. I'm always like, I'm going to say something and they're going to be like, what is that? Throw you in jail. You know, and then I'm, so I right. just, I'm, but I also like to see their face. Right. Because they're like, because I always How do you, always, how do you say mark, What do you say? Well, I always mark on my form, this trip was primarily for business, when it was, or when it is. And then they go, uh, what business are you in? And I go, I make sex toys. And they always just go, they like crack this right. smile and they like look at me and they're like, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And right. I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, all right, welcome, welcome home. Or right, exactly. Like, welcome to America. Welcome home. Oh, I'm see, like, I wouldn't do it. Cool. I wouldn't do it at customs. No, that would make me scared. Oh, no, customs. I do it too. Yeah. No, that's when I no, tell No, you them. have to. Wow. I, I mean, lied to someone on an airplane. I used to say I was in plastics. Like, <laughs> oh, you are? So I was like, I'm in plastics <laughs> manufacturing. And the guy goes, oh, what company? I'm with RGB manufacturing. And I was like, I lied. Okay. It's like he's plastics. Like, it's Robinson, like, what? Right? And I was like, I lied. I'm a liar, and I don't have another thing to say. For more, ask the doc. Go to playboyradio.com. Playboyradio.com. Curious how Playboy models are chosen? Yes, yes, yes! Playboy TV's latest uncensored reality show, Naked Ambition, follows the journeys of gorgeous models as they pose for Playboy in hopes of being discovered. From casting calls to screen tests, Naked Ambition takes you behind the scenes as beautiful models struggle to make their dreams come true. I feel like I'm going to be okay. Check with your cable or satellite provider or visit PlayboyTV.com to see what you've been missing. Hey guys, we are back with Bob Grant on the phone. Bob, are you there still? Here. Perfect. Okay. Sorry to race you off so quickly. Um, But I want to continue with what you were saying before we took a break. You You were saying that if a couple came to you and they had no problems, no arguments, they loved each other to bits, <laughs> you would tell them not to go deeper into this relationship. I want to I want to hear more about that. Yeah, let's let's start with this premise, which okay. this this premise, sorry, this this premise, which is there is no intimacy without anger. It is not possible. Okay. Because part of what intimacy is is letting someone get close. And if someone gets close to you, they're going to hurt you at some point. They're going to annoy you because they're different. They're going to have a different perspective on something. They're going to disagree with you. And you know, the, the way to not get angry is to keep someone at a distance. That's why indifference is far worse than anger in a relationship. I mean, anger we can work with. Indifference, and guys, I, I still remember the story of a guy that had just treated his wife horrible, young guy, somehow got her to come in. And I remember seeing the look on her face. She was done. She, she was not angry. She was beyond angry. She, she was she done. Care. She didn't care. And there was nothing he could do. He said all the right stuff. That's what you should fear in a woman more than anything else. All the other stuff may go on your nerves. When she's indifferent, then worry because that, that's the one that's hard to recover from. Okay. But the anger involved, uh, we can work with that. We can do it. That means you're letting them get close. And the, real, the, you know, then the trick, of course, is you know, how you work through it, how you solve it. Not that we want to get angry all the time. It's just we want it to be where, and she does too, that it's safe to get angry, that we can get angry, and it's no big deal. We'll work it out. Right. You can or that there's me, conflict. We'll figure this out. 
con- it doesn't, it's conflict. not even about getting angry. It's about maybe having a difference of opinion or a conflict. And I know that that becomes very scary in the beginning of a relationship because typically, you know, in the beginning you're on the same page. Things don't bother you as much. You're like in, you know, woo-woo land. So you're totally into that person. They can do no wrong. And then things start to settle in and then you bite your tongue a little bit and then you're not sure whether or not you should speak up about something. So I would love if we could give some guidance for people who are or will be in the beginning stages of dating and they do encounter that first bit of conflict, you know, between a woman. What is the right way to bring up potential conflict or a difference of opinions or like, for example, if uh, there's two people they've been dating for six weeks and this is for a man or a woman and, you know, one person doesn't check in that often or you know one person texts and then the other person doesn't respond back until the end of the evening when that person had text them at 10 o'clock in the morning and it, it bothers that person that they feel unheard or that they aren't getting responses to their text they don't feel very important anymore and that can be for a man or for a woman they're just on different pages when it comes to their their texting style how yeah, but it's probably gonna be a woman right <laughs> But I've heard that question from a lot of guys, like where they're like, I'm text, I'm texting this girl or I'm constantly asking this girl out and she keeps saying, yes, we keep having fun. We keep having sex on our dates, but she, she doesn't initiate or, or make plans or ask me out or so. So how does a guy or a girl, but like, let's say, how does a guy bring up that conversation about something that is bothering him? But again, as I said in the first half of the show, like it's scary. It's scary to effectively communicate with people because you think that what you say, if you say your honest truth, that that is going to turn them off and push them away, especially if that same thing has done that with others in the past. So what is the calm, cool, confident way to express yourself to a woman that you're dating that you do uh, you do things differently than she does and you'd like to see a change or a shift in her behavior? Okay, let, then let's let's get some labels because I think that it put them in categories. Okay. So there's some, there's a non-negotiable, which is something you've absolutely got to have. Okay. And it, it doesn't matter what that is, but a non-negotiable is something. No matter what, you'll do whatever it takes, even if that means breaking up with the person. Okay. So so being faithful is a good non-negotiable. If you if you you, know, you if, if we're committed dating, if you date other people, you know um, I can't see any more. Those are those are easier to identify. Which means the rest of the stuff are preferences. And when you think in terms of preferences, things that I like, you can't, I mean, you can't, if you, if you approach it from a, you should do this, or I would do it, the problem with that gets into it's your preference versus theirs. And that's when folks become defensive because it's not a right or wrong thing. It's it's so, but the tendency is to think, gosh, you know, if I didn't return a text, that would mean I didn't care. So she's not returning one. The tendency is to assume that they have the same belief system that we do. And a lot of times they don't. It doesn't mean the same thing. So if if the belief system's off, I know jargon, then what we're doing is we want to sound like Jesse Jackson, you know, when in doubt, we're going to check it out. We're going to ask instead of tell. We're going to be curious and see how they respond. Their response will give you an idea of their intentions. Let's use the texting as an example. Okay. So we obviously would like to pick a time over dinner, someplace we could look them face-to-face, you know, preferably not over the phone, in person does better. And we bring it up and we say, um, I, I don't know, um, a great way to bring this up, but I, I figured I'd ask. 
because questions are a lot easier for people to hear than accusations. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you don't re- return my text till the end of the night, or when you say you're going to, whatever, get back with me and you don't, I, I don't know what that means, if that means you don't want me to text you, or if, you, if you're annoyed, I, I don't know, so I figured I'd just ask. Okay. And by asking, now again, if, if they get real defensive, you know, how dare you, whatever, okay, well, that, that gives you an idea. That's something to pay attention to, see, because there, there's not a really a better way I can think of than to bring it up than that. I mean, that's about as safe and as respectful and kind a way as you can do it. Yeah. I Which agree. means you're not being paranoid. You really are picking up on something passive-aggressive with them. That, that's not you being you, – and that just confirmed it, their reaction. Most of the time, someone will explain that maybe they'll say, oh, I didn't know, or, you know, texting just isn't that big deal to me. And see, now at least we're off on the conversation. Now we see we've made it not that big a deal while still expressing your concern. And we're not apologizing for it either. We're not saying, you know, I'm I'm being so weak and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm sorry to bug you. We're not saying that. We're just, we're simplifying it and we're asking. Okay. And then how do you how make that, your request after that? So, like, let's say you bring it up to a woman and she's like, oh, my God, you know what? I just hate texting. I'm just not a texter. And then at the end of the day, or when you text me, I look at it. I put it down. I'm totally into my job. I totally forget about it. And then the, at the end of the day, you know, I, I write back to you when I have time to really focus on it. But I'm really just not a texter. So so how how do you then make a request so that you get what you need? Yes, and that, that gets into non-negotiables, which is a good point. So if, if I'm in that scenario now, I've got to I've got to make some decisions. If I need this really bad, it's non-negotiable, and this person isn't into that, I can get them to do it. They're not going to do it as much as I want because they don't think like that. I can tell them and tell them again. It's not the best example I know, but if my wife wants me to have the house clean, you know my version of clean is different than hers. Right. So I think it's clean, and I'm not doing it to be a jerk or passive-aggressive. Sometimes I'll hit her level, sometimes I won't. That's the setup if I've got to do it her way all the time. And thankfully, that's not a deal killer for her. Right. But but if you know returning my text all the time is, then it's if I'm dating someone, is this something I can live with? Because there is no way that you know that I can get the person to do as much as I like. If that they're saying, look, that just doesn't, I just don't think that way. I, I just, and, and, you, and you think they're being sincere. Right. But, so, but if it's, in other words, if I like them in all their aspects and I see them making effort toward that, then if, if I'm talking to someone, I'm like, can you give them credit? Is that enough to, you know, to let you know that they do care? Because they don't normally do this. The fact that they're doing it is their way of saying, I will do this, not because I should, but simply because you like it. But it's probably going to be less than you want. Okay. And so there's some negotiation. I would go in there with a person, and so and as you bring it up, you would, you would say, you know, this. I would tell a woman to say, um, you know, this means the world to me when you do this. Right. To appreciate it when they actually do that action. Uh, well, and if I'm if I'm a woman, and I'm talking to a woman. I, I would get her to be more flowery. Right. I, I'd be I'd be technical with you, but I, I would because that was nice what you said. What I said is a little more breathy. Okay. And guys like that. Okay. But if I was a man, it would be, um, how would I say if I was a man? That's a good question. It was, you know, I know you don't have to, but 
you know, when when you respond, um, I you know, I might even say something like, um, I really like it um, a lot, like a whole lot, like makes me want to hold your hand. And I would just have the guy. You can be goofy, but I would still make it something playful and romantic. See, I'm not telling her what to do, but I'm I'm overdoing it for a reason with her because I'm trying to emphasize the point, not wagging my finger. Okay. And and it's being playful with it, but it, it's the way to emphasize this means a lot to me. And you can't use that with everything. Okay. But you use it for something that means the world to you, and we're, and we're really trying to see how close we can get it because they're not – it's not a get-it problem. It's that they don't think that way. Right. It, it's, it's not – yes, what do you think of that? No, I, I – yeah. Oh, that's what you were asking. Yeah. But I, I, I like everything that you've said, but let's reverse it for a second mm-hmm. and put it on the woman, right? So if guys encounter a scenario where a woman is making a request – of them to respond more and the guy thinks oh my god I don't want, I don't want to text eight times during the day I have my work to focus on or uh this doesn't feel good for me this feels too needy this like what what would be a great way for him to express that to a woman that he's dating that not that he thinks her request is unreasonable but it's just like that's not gonna fly with him so how but he still really likes her so how how does he express that in a way that doesn't hurt her feelings or push her away, but actually brings her closer? Okay, so my ultimate cheat, my ultimate wish list is, guys, if possible, let's do this in person. Right. You'll, you'll it'll, it'll go better in person. The other is we can make this a moment of closeness. In other words, this can work for you if you do it right. It might not, but there's a good chance. And so you say to her, what she wants to hear more than anything else is that you care. If she thinks you care, you don't have to give her exactly what she wants. That's the main thing you're going to focus on. And so it's got to be sincere that you understand how much this means to her. So you would say to her, I, uh, I, I understand. And, and notice the way I'm talking. It's slower. I'm not rushing. It's not a task. That it means the world to you, you know, when I return your text. And I can do that. He, here's what's tough for me is that. If I'm, I'm f- focused on something and I get your text, I may be in the middle of something. I can't do it right away. Or my phone may get cut off or, you know, I don't do text a lot. So I don't know that I can promise you I can text back every time or as often. I can promise you that I know this is a big deal to you and I'll respond to you. What I ask from you is that if I don't respond to one, that you give me the benefit of the doubt that I know this is a big deal to you and that if I miss the text, that I, I understand that, that that hurts, that 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 may seem insulting, it may bother you. Um, but I'm going to respond to the ones as many as I can, but there's going to be times I just miss one. And again, then you take her hand and, and you could close it however you want to and you say either how does that sound or you look her in the eye yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to. It's not a business deal. I'm trying to close. Right. I'm trying to to let her know that I'm moving toward her and that I've heard her, and that it's important. But I'm see. I'm also not promising exactly what she wants. I can't deliver it. Right. You. If, if guys, if you go for eighty percent, you'll be amazed how often eighty percent will make her happy. Oh, even fifty percent. <laughs> well, I, I don't say that to them. Don't Sorry, them. but I'm just saying fifty percent instead of like pushing away. Oh I know, God. I know, but let, let, guys, go for eighty yeah. yeah, percent. Aim high, guys. 
aim high, guys, because then see, you have that buffer to not have to do it perfect. The, the perfect comes from when you don't do it, and she's frantic and upset because nothing's getting your attention. Right. Telling him's not working, telling him loud's not working. Cursing's not work. I mean, and that's where you get the demanding stuff. It's because it's not getting your attention. She doesn't realize that you feel everything she says. She just sees this glazed look in your eye. She doesn't know that you got it. I know that you got it. Marnie right. knows that you got it. She doesn't. Know. I don't. I, I still don't know. Sometimes. What are you talking about? When I'm emotional, no. I don't. I don't get anything. Oh no. <laughs> you you get it really well for a woman. You get it really Thanks. well. <laughs> So, so that, that's the, so if you if you get eighty percent if you give her eighty percent what you can, um, one she'll like it, and I can tell you guys that will actually bring you closer to her. It isn't just the fun thing she does; it's the sacrifices you make for her that will actually increase your passion for her. Maybe not right away. Show me a husband or a man that stops investing in his woman. I don't care how good looking she is or how whatever, he will become bored with her in enough time. Guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. We have some questions from our listeners, and I would love for you to participate in over analyzing and answering these questions. So, are you are you ready to to hear a question from one from a listener? I am ready. Okay, perfect. Uh, hey, I am listening to your most recent episode about broaching uncomfortable topics, unemployment, herpes, <laughs> early in the dating process, and something that hasn't come up yet, still listening, haha, is this one. How, when do you tell somebody that you are uh, beginning to date and really like that you have depression or other things like acute anxiety or insomnia? I've had problems with all three, by the way, but depression is the biggest issue for me, though I take medication for all three. In my past dating experience, I usually bring it up fairly soon, second or third date, if it seems like it'll uh, be serious. But it often presents a red flag to the other person, and more than once it has ended their interest or at least given them grave reservations about continuing on. At the moment, I have been chatting online with a woman for a few weeks, and we are scheduled to have our first date later this week. She is a medical doctor, if that adds anything. What would that, or would that make her more sympathetic or more weary for someone who is on medication? I believe in honesty above uh, just about everything, and I would never want to lie or hide my issues, but it does often seem to send them running for the hills, which can be hurtful. I am pretty stable. I have a full-time job and go to grad school part-time. I'm 38 and have dealt with this most of my adult life. I have worked hard to get where I am mentally, which includes medication and therapy, but it seems like this is a deal-breaker for women more often than not. Any advice or thoughts would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for your time, and I greatly enjoy your podcast. Ted. What are your thoughts? Okay, so let's from a from an honesty standpoint, the biggest problem with honesty has more to do with timing. So, you know, on a first date, being completely honest is terrible. That that that's too much too soon. So it's not to me about honesty or not honesty, it has to do with when we're honest. And I will say this with most folks, what scares people about any issues and I mean most people have something, it's just degrees. Everybody's got some level of pathology, even if it's small. It's not so much what you have, it's what you do with it. I saw this, there was a, there's a doc, Dr. Amon, I went to one of his seminars, they talked about, you know, he can do PET scans and he can, you know, he can find, there's something a little off with most people's brain in general. And someone said, what do you do when you find it? He goes, I don't care what the issue is, I care what they're doing about it. And that's the same thing with relationships. Men or women, if, if I've got a temper or I've got a, if I'm anxious, whatever, what scares people is if they notice it and you don't see it. 
That's what's scary. The guy has a temper. The woman says, you have a temper. No, I don't. That's what scares right. a woman. And, and vice versa. See, that's, that's what makes people, oh, see, if they don't see it, oh, my gracious. See, he, he's not going to change. He's not doing anything. And let's compare this to someone that says, um, you know, um, I do have a depression at times, and I'm working on it. And this is what I'm doing. But I, I will tell you, um, I am going to have times I get a little depressed. And, you know, and there are times I'm going to be anxious. And I, I promise I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it perfect, but I know this is something, and I'm already working at it. So I just wanted to let you know. And see, here I'm normalizing it. Right. See, because I'm proactive with it. It's not the other person's fault. And when that person hears that, then for them, we've just made it out to be it's just not big a deal. I mean, this is the same same thing with there's a woman that had like four small children. Oh, my gosh, no man will want to date me. Right. Well, yeah, if you say it that way, they won't. But if you say, you know, I have four small kids. Um, they don't necessarily need a new father. They're actually pretty wonderful. Um, and they, we just wondered if there was someone that wanted to share life with us. Totally different perspective. So, when, so when, your perspective of it. Hmm? 100% and the way that you frame it. Um, and, but I, yeah, am, I'm, frame I am guessing the way that this guy – Tim wrote in this email, I am guessing that he's framing it correctly. So you had said in the beginning that it could be a matter of timing. So when when would be the best time to bring this up? When something, when he does have a depressed moment or yeah, bring it up on I'm the more, third date? Or, I, yeah. I'm more inclined, <coughs> sorry, there was a call. I'm more inclined to wait until, because, once you start defining it, I can say depression. That word terrifies some people. Yeah, it doesn't scare me, but it tears, you know, or anxiety. So that can mean anything. Yeah. And the problem with those labels is, is you tap into people's imagination. Right, especially women. So, especially women. So instead of and and I, I'm just not big on labels because, I mean, most folks have some depression at time in their life, but it's situational. It goes away. Most people get anxious at times. I'm not minimizing a circumstance. But I'm more inclined to wait because you're already doing something. Now, you know, if I had a contagious disease, that would be different, you know, because see, it could actually affect somebody else. Right. If I whatever, something. But for this, I'm more inclined to wait until it presented itself because, then the circumstance brings it up. If someone says what's wrong, they say, well, you know, uh, then I would bring it up then. If if someone gets really upset, why didn't you tell me this? Well, that's a catch-22. There's no perfect, you know, well, if I tell you on the first date, that's going to impact you. If I wait, see, that there's no way for me to win totally. Right. So since I'm already proactive with this, um, I never knew what the, you know, the perfect time was, so... Yes, I'm bringing it up now, where you can see what it actually looks like. I think I think that's that's a good suggestion. Like, bring it up when it does come up, because you could you you may not have a you know depressive moment for five months into the relationship, and then you know then she can see, oh, this isn't something that really directly affects your life that much. It's something that you're working on, you're dealing with, you're doing all the things to help it. But now I have five months of examples of how you're not just a person who is depressed. Yes, that's a good uh, as a reference point. That's a great point. Yeah, okay. I th- I think that's a, a a good response. So Tim, even though she is a doctor, <laughs> I would say you know what, what Bob and I just said. Bring it up especially when, especially because she's a doctor. Especially because she's a doctor, because then she's like, oh gosh, especially okay. Then I know what the statistics are against her. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would, if I was dating someone, I wouldn't want a woman to tell me that right away. That that actually doesn't help me. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, could I get offended? Yes. Well, I mean, if she has some severe, you know, psychiatric thing and she's delusional. But of course, I'm gonna pick up on that anyway. Right. Exactly. But that doesn't help me get to know them. I want. And Marty made up a great point. I want to see it in context. I want to see it with the rest of her. I do, because because you know the, you know you're not just depressed. I mean, if you were just depressed all the time, that that would be one thing. It's all you are. Right. You're not just depressed. It's you've got all these characteristics and qualities, and you get depressed at times. Right. You know, and you get anxious at times. So it's not, but they're not going to get to see the rest of it, to her point, without some time. Exactly. And, and this is, you know, we're auditioning that we're not making promises. We're going to have some warts on us. That's not only normal, that's, that's helpful. And this just happens to be yours. So, I, I mean, I, I would, I could do the same thing with, with other things if, if whatever you get impatient at times or, you hate it when people talk too loud or, I mean, whatever idiosyncrasies, I'm not, right. I'm not minimizing your circumstance, but no, I, I would, I would, especially because she's a doctor, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't I mean, either. Because only because her brain's going to go to statistically, like let's yes. say she doesn't want to have kids. Like, yes. like oh, statistically, <laughs> people who are depressed, 50% of the time they end up having kids. They, she's going to cut you That's off right exactly away. So she has too much exactly. information on her side where I think actually mm-hmm. context is way more important. And even, you know, even then at that point, it could potentially be that's the thing it always could potentially be an issue you have no idea what people's non-negotiables are right unless you actually bring them up and talk about them actually let me ask you that question because we have about two minutes left when 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 do you highlight for somebody what your non-negotiables are is that like in the moment do you bring those up while you're dating how how does how how do you properly express those things without scaring people away Here's how I do non-negotiables, and this may be different. So you have an idea what your non-negotiables are because if you ask people whatever, they're not going to tell you they don't know, and you keep giving them a chance until they break one of them because most non-negotiables take a while to see. Right. So, you, I mean, if, so the problem with non-negotiables, the problem with being picky is not the things you're picky. It's the number. So having a big number of non-negotiables is much more of a problem than I don't care if someone picks – Tall, gorgeous, whatever, uh, outgoing. I don't care if they're superficial. You keep the number small, you're fine. Even if I would disagree with some of us, but that's better. It's the number that gets you in trouble. So if you wait and if someone's bringing up something, if I'm going to go through all the, you know, go all the way with it, I'm going to mention it to them first. This is a big deal. And I'm going to see what they do, and then then I'm going to have to wait and see the response because it's going to be a negotiation with them because it's not going to be something they want to do. We're asking them to do it strictly for your benefit. I mean, one example real quick is that the wife who wanted her husband to not stop smoking pot. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to prove to him that was wrong went nowhere. But this you know, this means the world to me if you would stop. Not because you have to, because it – because it means the world to me, and when it's framed that way, you have a much better chance of them doing it because they feel magnanimous, and that's what you want to uh, uh, appeal to, not the should or just or ought to. 
Perfect. And that's a good place to end our show. I'm still getting used to this new time frame that we have. Like before doing our show, we had no time limit. Now now at 1.56, we have to end our show. So sorry to like play the, you know, Emmy outro music to kick you off the stage. But Bob, you were fantastic. You were wonderful. Please tell people how they can uh, find out more about you. Sure. Go to relationshipheadquarters.com. We would love to have you visit and find out all that we have to offer about women, relationships, and what men need to know. I love it. Thank you. You're always wonderful. Thank you to everybody who listened to this show. Kristen will be back next week, I promise. It won't be all this heady, experty, psychobabble. We'll have some entertainment, some comedy, and some laughs. Uh, again, thank you for listening to the show. If you want to write in questions, write into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. Download new episodes of the podcast every Thursday and you guys are awesome you're wonderful we'll see you next week playboyradio.com